Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode is called The Box. What's in the box? Right. So how many times are we allowed? What's in the box? Because if you weren't going to do it, I was going to do it. So how many times are is it over? That's it. Just what's in the two. box? What's in the box? What? No. What's in the box, man? What's in the... No, I'm not I'm going to stop. But that's I just it. rewatched that clip today just so that I could just watch the movie Seven if you haven't seen it. I'm not going to say any more about it. But that end yeah. scene is one of the most powerful scenes. It's really well done. I did you David ever see Fincher? It's so good. David like, Fincher is my favorite. The movie. If you haven't seen it, but this episode is not about seven, but it is about a box. It's kind of about. Let's be real. The box. Okay, we'll get to the box. It's fine. I have so many. It's a feelings. good. It is a it's good a great episode. episode. It's a great story. Keith a is great narrative top of the arc pops. regarding this box with. Kind of a crap payout at the end. A very frustrating payout to me. We are in mousetrap zone. We are mm-hmm. full on. This is mousetrap part twelve. There, not only Patreons will get that reference. That is a deadly conspiracy. True. Yeah, one of We're, my very favorite episodes that we did for Patreon. The mousetrap count is high, and it keeps referring back to the mouse every time we go to commercial. But they mm-hmm. talk about the box, mm-hmm. then they talk about it again when we come back. Mm-hmm. And then occasionally in between segments, they'll talk about the box. Mm-hmm. Then sometimes I feel like there's a FedEx commercial and a guy walks out like holding a box. I feel like they planted that there just so they can reference the box more. Possible. And then wouldn't, we wouldn't put did not that. have a sponsorship for Lola, but I feel like that would have been a perfect. We could be like, when your life is saved by what's in the box. But we didn't. So <sighs> sorry. Lola. We should have requested we have that we move that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so this episode is called The Box, 10, 25, 19. The Box. <laughs> Just, I'm sorry. <laughs> the Box. Season 28, episode Oof. 5, hosted mm-hmm. by Lean King. I'm still digging the new opener. Mm-hmm. You like, do you like the new opener? I like it. I do. And also, this was a particularly good Keith opener. Yeah, he's has he. It's one of my favorite shots of him with his arms crossed because mm-hmm. it shows his muscly forearms, mm-hmm. and that sounds super creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the music is very twangy, like. Well, we're in Montana. Montana. Yes. So he starts by saying something like, "How do you contain horror? Right. Where would you put it? Mm-hmm. And basically, you're going to put it in this box. Right. Now we are in Darby, Montana." Um, I feel we were just in Montana. We were in North Dakota for the Patreon episode that's being released this month. There you go. Yeah, that's why we're confused. Okay. Anyways, we get a diabolical in the first two minutes. Oh. Keith, that's Dennis's word. We were there when he learned it in the episode diabolical. We were so proud of our big boy Dennis. Uh He learned it. And now you're using it like it's your own word? The nerve. 
sir. He one-ups him. No, he, he does. No, yes, no he one does. can one-up yes, Dennis is more than enough. He tries because the actual phrase that is used is the word diabolical isn't good enough. Oh, that's kind of true. You're he right. He sort of tries yeah. to up him. Well, then think of a new word, Keith. Then don't, use but that don't instead. use Dennis's and say Dennis's isn't enough because we know Dennis is Dennis enough. is more than enough. We've had so, this discussion exactly. and it's been cross-stitched. And Keith knows very well. So I feel like that was pointed exactly at us. I know I'm reaching, but I feel like that was, <laughs> is it? Is he more than? Keith, Keith, yes, he is. Don't, don't test me. So sassy, Keith. Don't test me, Don't Morrison. you do it. <laughs> don't you do it, Keith. I was more thinking of King of the Hill. Don't. Test me, Mitchell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Why must you always test me, Morrison? So there's starts the 911 call of a Mm -hmm. woman named Anne. Was our last Anne that Anne that went hiding undercover because she didn't want to flip on somebody? And we made a lot of fun of her for being kind of chicken. Was that Anne? I had that was her fake name. I have no memory of an Anne. Write us back and let us know. Yeah, because I have no memory of Anne's. Her? Her? So Anne is calling about her husband, Bill Stout. The EMT that reaches them and finds the scene of the crime, her name's Donna, loved Donna. She got more of Donna. She had her gray haircut. Mm-hmm. Gray, beautiful haircut, like yep. styling, colorful top. You go, Donna. Yep. Any more Donnas? We call that silver. What did I say? Gray, silver yeah. fox sis. Yeah. A fox set. What's a female fox? A fox. Okay. So Anne is screaming on the phone saying she doesn't want to do CPR because she's scared there might be someone in the house still. She had run across basically an entire mountain to get to the nearest neighbor to mm-hmm. call 911 because they live so r- rural. Remote. Remote. That's the word I was looking for. There you go. In the bedroom, Bill is lying on the bed under the covers with a gunshot wound. And it seemed that his body had been moved after death because of the way the blood looked. And also the comforter is covering some of the blood splatter. Like someone had pulled the cut. It's very strange. And there's no gun there. Because right away they think it's a suicide, but there's no gun by him. So he was killed by the hands of another, as the somebody says to Keith. And Keith says, such a loaded phrase. And I immediately got tempted by the fruit of another stuck in my head. I'm at the carport, the airport, Uh the baggage carousel. I don't know why that's the part of the song I chose to sing. Killed by the hands of another. Bill grew up in Central Valley, California. I don't know anyone else from there. I don't either. Sounds like a terrible place. Salinas. Was it Salinas? I was wondering where it was. It was Salinas. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Y'all, I'm from the Central Valley of California. Any backstory on Salinas? No, no backstory on Salinas, but good on you going to Montana. (laughs) So he met Anne, married her. They adopted a boy, Ben. I loved that. Then mm-hmm. they had two more boys, including Noah, who becomes our main interview from the family. And we're on, we, also the keeper of said the box. box. Yeah. The keeper of the box, much like the King of the North. It's a title that is it's Game of Thrones. Come on, Katie. You saw the first couple seasons. Who's the King of the North? Sean Bede? 
Mm. Anyways, Curious. back to the story. Okay. So, um, we liked Noah. I was on Team Noah. Sure. Noah, I had no issue with at all. The, the even, box, all that is not his problem. Not even at the end. I have no issue with him until the last four minutes of the episode. There we go. Knew I would get there. Yeah. You're Glad not you're gonna... on my side. Yeah. Mar- we still have deepest condolences for Noah about his dad. I have deepest condolences for Noah about several things that happened in his life. Yes. Noah's had a rough go. So Mark, we meet this guy, Mark, who's a friend of the family, and he's talking about what a great guy Bill was, how incredibly hardworking he was. Mm-hmm. And he, Mark is just this like normal looking gentleman. And yes. then we pan over to his wife, Denise. Mm-hmm. And I was like, googly eyes. I was like. Glamazon. Wowza. She's like Barbara Eden in Dream of Genie. Yeah. Glamazon. Like, good for you, Mark, for locking that down. Well, good for both of you. He seems like a nice guy. Well, at first I was like, he's just a normal dude. And then towards the end of the episode, I was like, no wonder you got her. You seem like a great guy, Mark. Yes, very genuine. I did like his interview a lot. Denise did not chip in much verbally. She did no. these great nods to Keith, though, yes. that mm-hmm. were like, uh, and I loved it. She was very supportive of her husband. Very supportive. And mm-hmm. But she probably gets a lot of the attention when they go out. And I feel like. She was like saying to herself, this is Mark's story. He was the one that was best friends with Bill. I'm going to let him tell this. And then they would cut to her just nodding, uh, supporting her husband, being like, mm-hmm, Keith, that's exactly what happened with these nods. And I love, she didn't try to steal focus. But I think Mark is the life of the party. That could be true, too. Maybe she's more of a silent, I couldn't get a read, but I'm glad that we're analyzing it. Yeah. <laughs> Because I can see that, too. He's life yeah. the party, and she's yeah. just the beautiful one that sits there. She laughs at all his jokes. She married she's the life more of the party. She's more shy. Mm-hmm. She's shy. Even though she's beautiful, she's mm-hmm. shy mm-hmm. and likes to hang back. I really am rooting for them. I yeah. know they're going to be fine. They're, they're I, yeah, good they're for fine. you guys. Yeah. So Bill moved the family to Darby, Montana, and he built a house for them in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. The boys were the three boys. They were great boys. But unfortunately, one day... When Ben was 18, he walked into the woods and killed himself, which is horrific. I'm sorry, Ben's the oldest son, correct? The oldest. So it's terrible that he killed himself. And the reason it's important kind of becomes, I think, more important later when we're talking about motives and theories about the case. But seven years later, now Bill is dead. So it's like this curse on the family. They're like the Kennedys or something. And... So Bill was killed. They figure out that even though they found him later at night, they he was killed in the morning. But Bill was alone then because Noah was away at school. And mm-hmm. the younger son, who was 16, had spent the whole day with Anne, the mom, shopping in a town like an hour and a half away. Because apparently when you live in Montana or rural places, mm-hmm. the the Dateline producer guy was explaining this very nicely to mm-hmm. us city folk, to people on Twitter, that like once a week or every other week, you drive for like two hours and you do a full day of shopping at all of the places you need to go and you stock up on everything. Yes. So How, You know that though. 
it was I, it was not like I didn't know this information, but I didn't actively think about this information. But mm. now it gives me a better piece of the life out there. And if I do really want to live there in a van, what no. if I just suddenly want kettle chips? No, you you can't. I can't just suddenly. Well, they do have like maybe a local little town store. I'm sure they have a general store, but it seemed like the list that they had was intense. It was like Walmart, Costco, mall. It was all the big stuff, right? And then they're getting Costco level food because the little store is probably expensive. That's true. So Mm -hmm. we meet the marshal of the town, Larry Rose. Um, The marshal of Darby, which needs to be some sort of... Darby has 800 people, so he's like an old-timey sheriff from like he's an old the western best. movie. And that's what he wants to be. Yes. When you're filling out what you want to be when I grow up, he yeah. wrote Andy Griffith. Yes. Slash who's the guy in Deadwood. Right, right. Guy from Deadwood, yeah. Yeah, he, that's, that's his whole thing. Keith calls the legitimate old-timey jail cell. Mm-hmm. He calls it the whole place a cowboy movie's fever dream. Yeah, I thought and that there, was beautiful. It's beautiful. There's this, the old-timey jail cell is like you would see a skinny dog sitting outside with keys in his mouth yeah. taunting the prisoners. Yes, like in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. There you, yes. Uh-huh. The ride, sorry. Yes. On the ride, guys, in Disneyland. There's a dog like that. Okay, go ahead. There are cameras everywhere in this town, however. Like, it's New York City. New York City! Grab a rope. So he's modernized it tremendously. Interestingly enough, Dateline producer says that this is because the Darby area, very specifically in Montana, in the 90s, had a huge militia problem. Oh. So I guess there was a big militia problem, and these guys called the Watchmen... I don't. I didn't really look much into it. Again, you all know I'm not a history person. Katie's fascinated, but the Watchmen. Yeah. So I'm not sure if this is like this subset of people that were taking their guns and arming themselves, and I don't know what they were upset about or why they felt like I. We'll find out. Katie, I think we know, but I think we know because so the the funny thing is. Maybe you're saving this for quotes, and I'm really sorry if you are, but the way that they describe Darby, he said, a town conceived of iniquity, born of crime. There we go. So there's something about this area that has like crime running through it. There was something happening when it was, when the town was conceived. Yeah. So- that's but in the nineties, but in it the nineties, for them huge to huge militia phase, and that's when this marshal decided he needed to modernize the whole town and put cameras everywhere. What are they policing? What are the watch? Okay, I'm gonna I look into know. it. Sorry, I'm- I don't know much about militias. Period. So I'm I'm gonna have to do some studying. I'm is this fully a place on this. that is drug running from Canada? What drugs are made in Canada? Nothing? I got confused between militia and mafia, to be perfectly honest. Oh, so, no, militia is like an American thing. It's like people who want to be militant and have arms and rise up against somebody. Yeah. And they're yeah. just civilians who want to form an army, right? Where is Darby? Sorry, I'm just seeing how close it is to the border of Canada. I know nobody cares. I know, I know you it's especially a crow's, don't it's, care. It's something from the, where the crow flies to the Idaho border. Oh, yeah, it's right on the border. Like, could be Idaho. 
Can you see the picture they show of Darby? This is what mm-hmm. we see. Can you see it? Yeah, I see some cool it's, as moose. It's just moose. It's um, all moose and snow. Okay. Yeah. Just want to say that. Okay. The, anyways, the cameras show that... What am I trying to say? Well, the cameras show her leaving town. Yeah, but the, the cameras, cameras are very high tech. a lot tech. of things. The cameras yeah. are very high tech. They... Again, I don't end up having to do that much with the murder, but this is a two-hour episode, so they can take their time with things like this mm-hmm. and get some time to know this town and the days leading up to the event. So Anne and the son are shopping, and that is all backed up. Yes. Anne is, says she called Bill several times, and there are voicemails throughout right. the day trying to check in and saying, like, if you need anything – let me know, but she never hears back from him. Mm-hmm. She calls at like the Denny's and says, we're at Denny's, they're having breakfast, call me, never hears back from him. So Anne says, I have nothing to do with Bill's death. I love him. And she uses both past tense and present tense, which I found interesting because you're always supposed to listen to that because if they use past tense too soon, it sometimes indicates something like they yeah. were in on it. But if they use present tense, think it's more likely to mean they're innocent that's sweeping generalization but i've heard them say that on dateline before interesting yeah but she used both like in the same sentence like i love him he, he was the bet like that kind of both now that's Matt, interesting the 16 year old on the other hand so he says did you love your dad and he said i guess but i didn't feel like there was a lot of love coming from him to me which is not a great thing to say about your dad who's just been murdered. And then worse is when they ask him if he shot his dad. And instead of saying no, no, he gives the worst answer you can give on Dateline, which is, why would you ask me that? Which whenever anyone goes into the, they step back from the situation and they go, why would anyone do something like that? Yeah, that's a hypothetical. Why would I yeah. do something like that? Right. What, you know, what, who would possibly do that instead that's of saying no? That's more of a movie no. thing, isn't it? Yeah. Where they didn't say no. Uh, and on but... Dateline, it usually indicates some sort of guilt if they don't just say no. But in um, this case, he's his, 17 years old. And his very first answer is, why would you ask me that? He's basically answering the questions a little bit on the bag of Wiener's side. Yeah. Not to say that something terrible hasn't just happened to him, but right. he is still very clearly 17. But a lot of people on Twitter were clearly suspicious. Oh, of him. that he was guilty. No, I was too. At, when they show that answer, I was like, uh uh-uh, uh, buddy. Yeah. And also, he's kind of, he's not helpful. He's a no. little kind of not abrasive, but mm-hmm. and I understand that something awful has just happened. But and everyone processes it differently. No, and we're getting defensive, not sad, and that's hard right. because it makes you look guilty. Right, and then you're sort of like, uh, like yeah. that's a that's a. Uh. But answer, we didn't get to know, know his personality ahead of time, and we don't no. get an interview with him, so we can't we tell if that's actually what he's like or if he's just like that on the day of. And I'm sure he was a ball of mess on the day of. And also, I think that probably that answer about him not receiving a lot from his dad is that now that his dad's gone, I think he feels, I think this is part of what his process is, right? He's he's thinking about this, like, my dad only told me he loved me once in my life or, right. you know, something like right. that. He's probably angry at his dad for leaving. He right. thinks at this point that his dad committed suicide. 
he right. thinks his dad killed himself like his brother did. So uh-huh. he's just mad at the world at this right. point. And he's going to get madder. But it's still, I don't know, it's tricky business. So two years before Bill died, mm-hmm. he had an affair. Mark it off the bingo cards. With an old flame at a wedding. Anne found out. And interestingly, on on Twitter, Dateline producer says they heard multiple stories about how Anne found out. Oh. Jerry was very mixed about that. But some thought that the mistress had told her, I think. Some thought, this is my favorite story, that Anne, or sorry, that Bill's mom knew about the affair and somehow accidentally blurted it out. Like, I don't know what the story was there. Was Bill My close son's to cheating his mom? on you. No, maybe more of a situation where Anne was talking to his mom and is like, no, we're just going through a rough patch. It's really everything. She's like, no, you aren't. We're not communicating right now. And she's like, oh, because of Barbara. Oh. Like the mom maybe just had <laughs> a brain fart and was just assuming. And then, right. and then Anne's like, excuse me, who? Yeah. And then that's how that came about. Yeah. Like a total mess up. And I also, can I say what happens in Arkansas stays in Arkansas? Sure. You just did. Oh my gosh. I just got the email handle. Yeah, no, it took oh me a sec too. Oh god. <laughs> it took me a sec too. I just got it. Yeah, no. It, it was took- driving me crazy. I had all of these theories about biblical stuff. I did too. I, no, oh, I mean I okay. it only it took me only a second because I looked really close at it when I saw it in writing, then I got it. I saw it in writing, too, and I didn't get it. I looked at that email, too. I'm mad at myself. And I'm I'm disappo- I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. I understand. Feelings mutual. So <gasps> Anne found out and Bill ended the affair. But the lady, whose name is Barbara Miller, was still into it because that mustache of Bill's was powerful. We never really talked about it, but he has a powerful stash. Oh, he does. He has a power stash. Yeah. So one night, Noah is telling this story to Keith. He says he hears his parents arguing and he thinks it's about this woman. And then he hears someone, one of them say, she's coming here. And then a car drives up to their house, like on the lone road in the middle of nowhere, drives up this house and someone starts tapping on the window and it's like a horror movie and Keith is freaked out, but he loves a ghost story. So he's kind of like wants some s'mores and gets into the ghost story. Then eggs and other stuff are thrown at the family cars. Keith, thank God, asks the question the viewers want to know, which is what is other stuff? And Noah, the son says, like poop. Poop was thrown on their family cars. The classic combo of eggs and poop. No TP. No TP. You jump right from eggs to poop. And I don't think Keith can recover from it. I gotta no. say, I don't think I've ever seen him more horrified. Scandalized. Or disgusted. disgusted. He was, his his sensibilities were affronted and yeah. he let it be known. Yeah. He brings it up multiple times. He doesn't deal with poop. He does not poop himself. He is one of those people who's perfect. He's very upset, and he refers to it later as the feces. He says feces later because he can't say poop. I would lose my mind. He can't say poop. 
Yeah. So the next morning, Bill calls the police to report the incident. He says it's this girl, Barbara, mm-hmm. who, and her sister, apparently, because that's what sisters are for, I guess. The sister apparently lived closer because Arkansas to Montana is really far to drive to egg and poop someone's car. Yeah, I don't think it's... Maybe she lived in Idaho. I don't... The sister lived closer. I don't think Barbara was actually there. I think it was probably the sister and a few of her friends. And like a bottle of Jack Daniels in the car. Drunk and vandalizing. Know what I'm saying? Does it have anything to do with what's in the box? No, it doesn't. Is it poop in the box? No, there's not. But did what? Okay, yeah, we still don't know what's at the, in the box in the for box. a long, long time to come. But okay, so tell then us about they, Barbara. So he's then getting, so he says, he says, it's this lady Barbara. I'm getting these hang up calls from this lady Barbara. Mm-hmm. I'm also getting these crazy emails to all of my friends. And they're from this email, this email address called Freak of Arc, which. I initially didn't get and thought, was it like, could it be freak o fart? Like trick o treat. Freak o apostrophe fark. What's a that fark did, though? But a fark's know. not a. Oh, okay. Don't know. But I still didn't get it. But then I go, oh, it's because she's from Arkansas and she's calling herself a freak. But Katie yeah. didn't get it. Oh, no. I, I thought I it was freak of arc, either. meaning it was an abomination of nature. I took it right there being like freak of arc is like a freak, like something that happened on Noah's Ark. I went go. straight for Noah's Ark, couldn't get off the Ark until is it because approximately five minutes ago. The son's name is Noah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I didn't even put that together with it. I just That was actually oh. Nat- Natalie Bannon put that together for Thank me you, Natalie Twitter. Bannon. But yeah. good Lord, I couldn't, yeah. yeah, I couldn't get off the Ark at all. And I, yeah, I think subconsciously Noah had something to do with it. But good Lord. Do you want me to read one of these emails? Yeah, I do. Okay. Are you sure? I would never say no to this. Okay. I feel uncomfortable. Are these the emails that are going to the friends? Because these are all... Because who's telling us about this is Mark, right? Mark is saying, I'm receiving emails from this. But we find out very quickly that um, Mark... Yes. So yeah, Mark is getting them and Bill was getting them. But everyone on Bill's... It's like everyone in Bill's email list was getting them, it seemed like. Right. And I wrote down, how did she get all the friends' emails? But we'll get to that. That's a good question. So there's two that I have that I can Mm -hmm. read to you part of. So one of them is actually comes from April, who I'm guessing is Barb's daughter. Not sister? Or sis. No, no. It says mom. So okay. It's, first of all, both emails from April and from Barb are all in caps and have horrendous punctuation. I've never seen such run-on sentences. And the caps usage hurts my eyes so strongly. It's like she's yelling and never taking a breath. Oh, boy. So this email is really long. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's like... Bill, why is mom so unhappy with you? What is happening? Why do you have to wait till August? What happened to her coming to Montana in Memorial Day in June? Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. That was all one sentence. Um, Then it gets real racist really fast. Okay? And bear this in mind for later. Okay? Yeah. Um, 
Oh, first of all, how her mom, Barb, had already bought the ticket to go there um, on Easter, and then he doesn't want her to, and stuff about how dare he not want to um, spend the holiest day of the year with her. Oh. Being Easter. So, but then, okay, wait, let's get to the racism. Your wife, I'm talking about uh, Anne, Anne yeah. is a Mexican. And she doesn't even have a social security card. Did you know that mom already knows that? What? That was one sentence. That is illegal in the United States of America. If she is illegal, then you are not married and your kids are illegitimate. What are you going to do now? (laughs) Mom could call the immigration or the internal revenue services. She doesn't doesn't write IRS. She Um, says immigration or the internal... She could call I think she's confused about what the Internal Revenue yeah. Service does, but that's she, fine. All right, let's press on. She's confused about spacing issues, too, like that there should be a space after a period. No. So no. the immigration or the Internal Revenue Service, and she could be sent back to live in Mexico where she is from instead of taking jobs and tax money from citizens of this country. Oh, my. Yeah. You should think about mom because she won't always be waiting on the side for you to throw her a bit and bone. A bit and bone. Continuing on. Same sentence. She has pride to to, T.O. And if you do her wrong, Anne will be the one who is sorry, not you. And you better listen to what I'm saying. And no, I'm not kidding. That was all one sentence. Did we think you were kidding? We didn't think you were kidding. No. And then it says, love you still, April. Oh, my God. <laughs> all in caps. What email is that from? This is one is from the uh, Freak of a- Freak of Arc one. Why do I kind of feel like that's real? <laughs> Maybe. But again, this. So then when it switched to the new address, she's still sticking to the caps. Interestingly okay. enough, I have a new email address is written not in all caps. Perfectly. You can now email me at that's perfectly because I think that's the part you copy and paste when you get a new email address. It'll say like you can forward emails and it'll say like you have a new email. Ad- I have a new email address. Like that's right. like the pre-written message. I think that that's why that's in good shape. Interesting. Okay. okay. This part's all in um, caps. Hi, everyone. I got a new address. Hope everyone likes it. Hope everyone likes my new address, okay? I am huh. taking a lot of pictures and will bring them when I come, and I will take a lot there to bring back to Arkansas. I will also be taking a picture of the baby from the doctor. You have to use your imagination and guess boy or girl still can't tell. Due date is December 21st. Merry Christmas from Barbara and Bill. Love you all, Barb. And then underneath, so okay, here's what gets so, me. Okay, maybe okay. she's having, she's maybe pregnant. No, no, someone else is pregnant. It's, it's the possible. baby, not my baby. We it's don't the know. Baby, she could have okay. been faking a pregnancy. We don't know at this point. Yeah, we don't. Here's okay. what gets me: Merry yeah. Christmas from Barbara and Bill. Okay, oh. they're a couple writing it together, but that's yep. your first sign off. Okay, love you all, Barb. That one's just from her. Second sign-off of the email. Then you get the dash Barbara Miller dash Stout. She's hyphenated her last name to his last name. And that's your third sign-off of the email. 
thoughts? Oh, okay. Well, I have a problem with signing off from emails because especially with our date dateline email, you always know if I'm writing because I will always say like something, there's a sign off, but I I do know in my head that we have a signature built in. Like it'll say like something, but I'm always like, comma Katie. And then there's another sign off right under it. So I'm totally (laughs) guilty of the double sign off all the time, but that's only with that email. So I this is three sign-offs. And all they from, They go like, from a couple, Barbara and Bill. Why aren't we doing Barb and Bill? Barb. Why is this, yeah, okay. Barb. Just from Barb. Barb and Bill. Yeah, I want... The, first is Barbara and Bill, then yeah. Love You All Barb, then Dash Barbara Miller, Dash Stout. She has taken the initiative to hyphenate herself to his last name. I don't believe she's a Barbara. I think she's I'm just going to say Barb. she's a Barb. She's, she's a, a Barb, or a, Barb. Yeah. or a Barbie. But she's not. Oh. And maybe she's a Barbie with her parents. Maybe. She's not a Barbara. Yeah. Barbara is, works at the Chanel counter and is not nice to you. Uh-uh. So she's sending all these emails to the friends, to I Dream of Jeannie and Mark. Mm-hmm. And in one of them, I think she says, like, Bill and Anne are not going to stay married. We're clearly getting together. And there's then after this comes um, an invitation to a barbecue that Keith refers to as basically an engagement party. And she has sent this not only to Noah and Matthew, the sons of Bill, with a handwritten note on the invitation that says, Noah, Matt, hope you can make it. Also, she sends one to Anne, the wife, by herself. She didn't save the postage and send it to... And this is an actual physical invitation. It's These a are physical flyers. invitation in the mail. And she sent maybe three to the same address. Maybe Bill got one too. Bill got one and the wife who she is actively stealing the husband from. But she still wants her to come because she wants them to be good friends, I guess. The most offensive part of the engagement party slash barbecue that you're throwing for you and your fiance who is still married and doesn't want to be with you. And has is, not saying he's divorcing his wife. Has not responded to any of this, right? right? Right, The most offensive thing is that this engagement party is a potluck. It says bring your own dish. You know, bring a, bring bring a soda. Bring your own hot dish. Bring yeah. a chair. Bring a hot dish. Bring your own stalker so I'll feel more comfortable so there'll be more of us. Hold on. I, I took a picture of it. I want to look at the flyer. Why is this all in caps? Family and friends old and new. Barbara again or for the first time. Something like that. Does it say no gifts at this time? No, we don't know. Oh, and it says Bill and Barb. Oh, Bill and Barb. Yeah. In she's the a, um in the return address. She's Bill and Barb, box blank blank blank, something mm-hmm. Montana. They have apparently bought a house without his knowledge and are throwing themselves an engagement party. Man, I'd be really freaked out if I got that. I'm just it's gonna say that's so that's, much. Ben- it's that's like way the worst bananas. stalking we've ever seen on Dateline. It's bananas, bananas. Yeah, that's bad. But what gets me the most is that Mark, the friend who I adore, Mm -hmm. I don't know how the timeline on this, but Keith says, Mark finally decides to say something to Bill. Wouldn't you say something after like the first email? I don't think that they're the kind of, I think they're those kind of guy friends that are, I mean, they're longtime friends, right? And so they're not probably talking every day. He's like, oh, he's got something going on. And Bill is described like over and over again as a real introvert. 
Yeah. So these kind of things are going to be, and Bill, and also Bill has been through a tragedy in the last few years. So you're just kind of like, uh, he's going through a thing. So I'm you're getting just emails from a lady who's yeah, saying she's with you. And gonna let him do his thing. But then this was like the. So okay. I, yeah. So I think okay. it was the engagement party invite that was the yes. last straw. That was or like, just, are you divorcing Anne? Are you divorced? I'm yeah. getting these emails. Right. Um, I mean, I would tell you right away, right? The second, you would, the you would tell email. me for, for Oliver and Becky. Yeah. You'd be like, who's Becky? Who's Becky? What's happening? Yeah. But also, maybe they didn't text a lot. I don't know. Also, mm-hmm. they both lived in different places. So he still lived in California. Right. And Bill would commute to California to do jobs with him. So he would drive for like and be there for a couple weeks. So they're having lunch one day and Bill says or Mark says, so I'm getting these emails and Bill's and this, like, don't worry about it. All this came before the egging feces car situation. No, this was after. You know, yes. Yes, that it did. Because when he called the okay. cops to report the egging, he said, I've been getting calls. I've been getting these letters. And, and so she not only has email addresses of all his friends, she has physical home addresses. That's, that's correct. Yes. Yes. It's okay. weird. Yeah. So less than two weeks before Bill's death, a car followed Noah, the son, home one night. And he was super freaked out. And Bill said something about, like, he should get his gun. So... That's what Noah remembers about that night. He doesn't remember how it ended. He just remembered there was a really creepy car. Then a few days later, Bill's gun went missing from their home safe. So everyone's thinking Barb somehow got into the house and got into the safe. Is that possible? And he called the police and said, my gun is missing. And I think it's Barb, my stalker. That's when Keith says feces, which is funny. Um, But what's also funny about the way he says it, he says putting feces on the car and eggs. Yes, he does. I wrote that down. He leads 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 with with feces feces. and then amps it up with eggs. And and it maybe should be the other way around. I think he kind of thought that, like, I can't just say feces. Like, I have to acknowledge (laughs) that there was more done to the car. Oh, and eggs. He's very, like... He's not happy about this <laughs> no. at all. Why are they making me say these words? Does not like this. Police have detectives in Arkansas go to talk to Barbara. Barbara is very defensive right off the bat. This is before yeah. we get to see her. We only right. hear her and she sounds crazy and she sounds really defensive because yeah. when they ask her about emails or bill, she just instead says, what are, why are you talking to me? Why are you asking me about this? Why would someone in Arkansas have anything to do with Bill's death? Like, not ever really answering the question and just super, just really defensive is the best way I can put it. And they ask, have you been sending emails to Bill and all of his friends? Instead of saying no, she says, I'm not going to let you tap into my email. I'm not going to let you spy on me. Yeah. And the cop is like, I wasn't asking. Right. To see your emails, I was just asking if you sent emails. Don't touch my phone. Right. Have you ever called? Don't touch my phone. It's that kind of thing. Like, do you ever drive to, you can't, you know, impound my car? It's like, I just asked if you ever drive to, okay. So we meet Barb, Mm -hmm. Barbie, Barbara. Not what I expected. 
Just not at all what I have. Ex- Bear in mind, this is now 10 years later. And we see one picture years of her. Later. One picture, one grainy yeah. picture of her. Yeah. She's very jolly in this interview. I was expecting her to be defensive and horrible, and she is not like she is in the interview with the police. She's a much very more like, nice. Very nice. And very delighted to be interviewed by Mr. Keith Morrison. Maybe that's maybe what I'm interpreting as crazy eyes are actually googly eyes. I think that that is love for Keith. That's what I got out of it. I saw Google eyes. I was like, oh, she loves Keith. She's delighted to be here. Like I respect that, Barb. Okay. So what happened was they had reconnected at this wedding, and they used to date in high school. And she thought Bill looked just the same. 30 years since high school had passed, they show us the picture. It's very sweet, but it is kind of Love like is that, blind. right? No, but I mean, when I went to my reunion, everybody like, I mean, I know we all look different, but not really. It's like, no, you all kind of look the same unless you've had extreme plastic surgery. So I was the only one that looked weird. <laughs> Everyone else looked, I'm just kidding. Everyone else looked pretty much the same. So Bill told her that he was unhappy in his marriage and was thinking of divorcing his wife, Anne. They all kind of say that, right? How long had he been married to Anne? Lots of years. Lots of years. Yeah. Okay. So after a while, at least 20, because their kids were getting older. Yeah. um, So they dated for a while, like talked every day. They were like rekindling this love from a long distance. But they would would call that dating? Hook up. But they only hooked up once. They hooked up at the hotel at the DoubleTree. Right. They hooked up, and then and they at the talked. wedding, and then they just talked every day for like a few months. Did he right? ever go to visit her? No. They only talked. Okay. That's why, like, this story gets a little like I was started to be surprised, but I have to say I fully believe Barbara when once she's talking. She's talking about you it. do totally believe her. You're like, um, yeah, what? Because it's kind of embarrassing for her, right? Right. So yeah. why would she make it seem less than? Right. She's she'd make it seem more. Well, so. she has since gotten married and found somebody. So which was my OMG episode a, a moment in the entire episode when they talk about her doing something that we're going to get to with her husband. I was like, wait, sorry, what? You oh, do I don't actually get that. married? I'm going to have to go back to that. Um, oh, okay. Maybe you'll have to bring it up. So after a couple months, Bill blows her off. He kind of just stops. He kind of cold shoulder ghosts her, just stops responding and doesn't seem that into it. She hadn't talked to him for two years when the police showed up. So that's partially why I think she was so surprised of what what did you do to Bill? She's like, I have not talked to Bill in two years. What do I live in Arkansas? What are you talking about? She knows nothing about the emails. She says she was not terrorizing him at all. She was the scared one. Terrorizing, I cannot stop with Tobias. Maybe you'll start jataying and stop jaterrorizing me. me. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. So she says I wasn't the one terrorizing Anne. She was the one that was scaring me. I was scared of Anne, his wife. So... Barb says she was getting strange emails and phone calls from Anne. What were they? Well, were the her emails? boss got this call. Oh, that yeah, was the strange. boss. Okay. And the boss gets a call saying, you need to fire Barb 
because she's been using the company email for personal business. And I was like, if that's what gets you fired nowadays, it's like, that's what gets you fired all a days. I planned this whole podcast while we were like working at another job. Um, <laughs> so she says, you need to fire her. And also to the boss, I'm getting a restraining order against Barbara. Anne is calling saying this. And she was going to try to do it at the day at the office, like have the restraining order in front of the employees and the boss, basically doing all this really weird stuff to try to get her fired. But like Mm -hmm. in the weirdest way, A, you don't know the company's policy on personal emails. I think it's more that she was saying she's stalking my husband. She's using your company time and blah, blah, like basically just trying to slander her. Just anything that sticks at the wall. And I'm going to file a restraining order against her. Right, exactly. At her office so that it'll happen in front of the... Anyways, Barbara shows the cops the time of Bill's murder. She was at Walmart. She's on the security camera and Mm -hmm. she has a receipt. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a rarity that a Walmart has saved someone. Walmart has been a good alibi. Usually it's they're purchasing the kill kit from there. Correct. I was very surprised. We have two Walmarts in this episode. Right. Very different purposes. Actually, both provided alibis, seemingly. Yes, they did. The Walmart alibi. This is the point when it was my OMG moment because she's at Walmart with her husband. Right. So she, in the past two years, she has since gotten married. So Bill was not anything. And this is what, at this kind of blew my mind. It wasn't the OMG moment was about her getting married so quickly, but also... Wait, what? Because I was like, oh, no, she's not doing this. This yeah. was the moment that it started to really it click in for you. Like, not only am I not stalking him, I've completely moved on. I have right. a new she's, husband. Yeah, I she's done since and I've fallen done. in love with someone else and yeah. got married. I'm good. And we're so happy that we go to Walmart together. Yeah, and don't fight, maybe. Which is the maybe. sign of romance. Yeah, it is. It is. I want a husband I can just go to Walmart with. Mm. So... Keith says that this is the first time that he sat across from someone that's accused by so many people, dozens and dozens of people, mm-hmm. of being a murderer. And and you're actually a, a quite a nice person, Barb. He's oh, charmed. Keith. Uh-huh. But then Barbara, she's sweet Barbara. She makes it a little she for me made it a little awkward. Because instead of going along with the joke, like how funny that is and how she's nice, she's like, and I didn't have anything to do with it. And I wasn't even there at the time. I was states away. Right. We, we, we've covered that. Okay, Barb. I think I would just not say anything. I, I would think I'd just, just be smile like, I don't at know. Keith. Yeah. Just, just smile, smile and nod. And he just gave you the best compliment in the world. Yeah. From Keith Morrison. Yeah. And she's like, and remember, I had that receipt from, and I live in Arkansas, which is many states over. Over talking. Yeah. But it happens I, to what, the best of us. In front of Keith? Come on. Yeah. I'm sure we said some dumb things in front of Keith. I'm sure I have. So now the police are reevaluating the time that they thought that Bill died. It's only been a few days. This right. has all happened in like five days. They're, since they're zippy. Well. Ish. No, they are. 100% they're zippy. But before we give them all the credit, or I will at the end, read two different tweets from Dateline Producer that lead you to believe that they're not that great after all. 
This so is a small town, though. They're doing better they than did I their expected. Best, and because... they got some great luck. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Luck is half luck the battle. Luck was on their side. But then also, didn't we just have a case where, like, they literally thought it was a suicide for, like, uh, forever until it was finally proven otherwise? At least they figured out right away, like, oh, no, this is actually foul play. It's true. They didn't come to play. They were like, we're all, we're doing this. Yeah. So they think that he was killed at around 8 a.m. in the morning, which was right around the time that Anne and Matthew left. Now, Matthew says he got in the car first before his mom, but he never heard a gunshot. So that doesn't make sense. Then we get into this backstory of what Anne is telling them Bill did the day before. And we have to hear the whole thing. So Because Bill, it's in her work. She's into interrogation at this point. She's in right? interrogation. Yeah. They're they're re-looking at Anne. So yeah. She says Bill took his motorcycle out the day before. He stopped for a beer, which Anne thought was weird and thought he was cheating on her again because he doesn't stop for beers during the day. But the cameras in the town totally back that up, that he was on his motorcycle. He did stop for just one beer. He wasn't with anyone. He Mm -hmm. arrived home at 8 p.m. Anne was cooking dinner. Matthew, um, oh, she was cooking steak and broccoli, but only for him because Matthew wouldn't eat the broccoli because he's a teenager and baked potatoes. This was my favorite conversation because the cop says she's describing, okay, and we had steak and this because Matthew doesn't like it. And the cop says, okay, did you have a potato? He knew you have to have the potato with the steak. But that was hilarious to me because at this point I was like, of course he asks if there's a starch. Like, he's like, because he seems genuinely interested in what was on the menu. Okay, Uh, did you have a potato with that? Because it'd be a shame. uh, Like, you gotta have. And she's like, like, yes, a baked potato. But like, oh, was it medium rare? No self-respecting Montanan would have it anything other than medium rare. It made me laugh out loud. It's a really good little moment. It's really good. They just played that clip, and you're like. Why is he so interested in the potato? And also, you you're yet. like, why is Dateline spending so much time on this? It must be just because they need filler because it's a two-hour episode. Exactly. That I thought the exact so same thing. M- why do we need to know he was driving around his motorcycle and he had a beer? That's be- w- the day before he died. And he didn't I even still am not sure anyone. why we needed to know that. Again. But that's fine. Yeah. Me too. Maybe okay. just to show she was telling the truth. I don't know because the camera's back. I don't know. So Matthew left the house after dinner, after not eating his broccoli because he wasn't a good young man and he didn't finish his plate. I don't know. Um, Eat your greens, kids. He went to go hang out with his friends. And at this point, I literally said to myself, I would love to be hanging out with my friends instead of hearing about broccoli on Dateline. Why are they doing this to us? Like, how is this important? But wait – They knew what they were doing. It's so important. They knew what they were doing. So Anne and Bill then, after dinner, watched TV, and then they made love. Uh -uh. And Keith says made love. Keith says made love. Or Anne says made love. No, Keith says Keith says make love. Mm -hmm. And Bill made plans the next day to go horseback riding with someone. So it's all like very perfect, kind of. It's yeah. like a perfect day, you know? Yeah. Then Anne waited up for Matthew to come home while Bill went to bed. 
And again, bear in mind, they're going to commercial and each time they go to commercial, they're still talking about Noah and the box. And they're still showing Noah sitting. Maybe he's going to open the box. We're finally going to get to no. And then. And is it like firelight? We're not getting full lighting on the box. We're getting mood lighting. That's like mood. Well, his whole the whole place he's in in is like a um, there's brick walls and it's like a loft style apartment. Yes, it is. It's very city apartment. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So now they look at the autopsy and the stomach stops digesting when you die. We learn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess we could probably have guessed that, but maybe not. In very graphic detail, to me, it was a little too much. The prosecutor explains that the broccoli hadn't been digested and the autopsy, the ME used his fingers as little, I'm waving them up in the air. Yeah. Like like little sea plants at the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. So that's how the autopsy ME used to describe what happened to the prosecutor who is now relaying this to Keith. So we're getting it from the prosecutor. That the broccoli florets, and those are the fingers. We get, we're getting the fingers wiggling like jazz hands. Huh. Um, not Keith's, unfortunately. Prosecutors. I would. I did loved- not notice that. I very. That's. I'm mad. I missed that. Okay. He's using his fingers. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, all right. So the finger, the hand is a broccoli, a piece yes, of broccoli. Yes, I understand. No, and, the and this fingers is the this is the florets. Or the florets. This is the, the tree part, right? Got yes. It. So he's saying that not only has the broccoli not been digested. The little florets, the little fingers are still visible. And those tiny little pieces, the florets, would be digested extremely quickly by your body first because they're so small. But they are still there. And so is the broccoli. So is the steak and the potatoes. So now they think he didn't really die at 8 a.m. They think he died way earlier, like 9 p.m. right after he had his dinner. So that changes everything. Now, Katie is making an expression like she thinks she knows better than these scientists. I don't. I don't know any better than these scientists. I I just had a thought about something that seems very dumb. Interesting. I love that. Of the murderer. Oh, I love it. Okay, go ahead. Also, something else we're just hearing about but did happen is that when the police went and they found the dead body, the, the house smelled extremely strongly like bleach. Like, really strongly. A couple people online brought up, well, Matthew was there. He didn't notice that it smelled so strongly. Right. Bleach, A too? lot of this stuff, I need, I have questions for Matthew. Exactly. So, there are several loads of laundry that smell not like they were just washed, like they're soaked in bleach. You can't soak clothes in bleach. This is what I, it's driving me nuts because bleach bleaches clothes and they're showing colorful clothing. Well, that wasn't the priority to maintain the colors. No, I'm Don't saying they make colors stay bleach. Color safe bleach, probably. I, I think, think I've they just make, never. I think I've used seen it. commercials for it. I don't use bleach ever. Never have not once because I own nothing white, literally. Yeah. Nothing and I, white. I don't ever wash anything in bleach. I just like everything to look dingy. We had a great conversation the other day about. Uh, was I at work? Maybe talking about white sheets. Hmm. And then it brought up that instant hotel show, because I love that instant hotel show on Netflix, where they're all competing to be have the best Airbnb, and they get docked a lot of points if they don't have white sheets, because white sheets are the, the gold standard for hotel but, rooms 
and but impossible if you actually have white sheets well not in your regular i don't want to see the gunk and the right. eye makeup this is and what the i'm smudges, saying they're but impossible some people yeah. i guess like it because you can see that stuff so it makes you wash it right away so it like makes you keep it clean and then you just bleach the crap out of it so the house smelled like bleach the laundry smells like bleach and mm-hmm. in one of the laundry loads they find real dumb a holster for a gun in with the laundry, which doesn't really do, – could it be an accident? Like, do you wash a holster? No, it's more like I have stuff everywhere right now. So, like, absolutely there could be something weird in the laundry, like a belt. Mm. Definitely. But their house doesn't seem that messy. No, it doesn't. They, it seems a little spick and span to me. They also find a plastic glove, like maybe you would use if you were cleaning with bleach. And it has Anne's DNA on it. That doesn't seem like a dead giveaway at all. No. And then they find the handgun. So they kept, remember how they kept saying the handgun was missing? It wasn't really missing because on like the first day the police find it, but it wasn't by the body. It was in the garage in a bag on Bill's motorcycle. Whatever that bag is that's like on the saddlebags on the side Mm -hmm. of your motorcycle. Hmm. So how did it get there? Who moved it? Wouldn't it have better been better to leave it by the body so maybe it could be conceivable that it was a suicide? You think? Um, so many questions. So now yeah. they have Anne back in interrogation. Right. And she's, I don't know if she was like this before, but it's very clear now, she's a smirker. She has resting smirk face like Pam mm-hmm. Hupp does. Mm-hmm. Now, the cop starts very sneakily. He compliments Anne on her sons, and he says they are very fine young men. Hmm. And she's like, yes, they are. And he says, would you say that they're truthful young men? This is such a setup. Mm -hmm. Because what mom is going to be like, no, they kind of lie all the time. She says, yes. And then they're like, well, what they said totally implicates you. But not really. They kind of like... There, it. I didn't really understand what they were saying, like about the gun, like who could have had access to the gun, and it's none of them. So it would, right. who could have gotten in the safe that only leaves Anne, but she's right. saying she didn't get the safe out of the gun. Apparently gun on Twitter, yeah. Matthew, again Matthew, mm-hmm. he had told the police that what he thought happened to the gun when it was missing. This is when because it was lost, right. and then it was like refound. After, so I should have not said it wasn't lost. It was definitely lost a couple weeks before he was murdered. And then it was found again inside the house in the garage. Okay. So they thought it was taken by Barb. It wasn't taken by Barb. Matthew tells the police he thought that Noah had taken the gun out of the safe or just opened the safe and then gone for a long run and forgotten he left the safe open. And that's how... Barb or someone could have come in and got the gun. Matthew says, I never did Wait, that. but Noah was there? Noah had been back a couple weeks before when it originally went missing. Okay. It's very confusing what they're saying. But it basically yeah. what they're trying to say, well, if you're saying your sons aren't liars and what they're saying seems to implicate you, but it doesn't really. Like, neither of them it, are saying it, it was really. my mom. But they're doing it for dramatic effect. Right. And it worked. It was dramatic. So... What they, well, something was dramatic. Something was dramatic. So they said, Anne, tell us what actually happened that night. And this is when 
for the first time ever, she loses her cool. She's stammering yeah. and she's yeah. flustered and she doesn't, she's like, I don't, I don't, what do you want? I don't know what you want. How do you want me to respond to that? But she's still smirking. And the invest, the cop is like, well, the investigation shows that you killed Bill. And she's like, no, it doesn't. That's not what it says. Because mm-hmm. it couldn't have. And he shows her the files. She's like, no, it doesn't say that I killed Bill because it didn't happen. And they're saying both of the boys say they didn't take the gun out of the safe. And then she f- starts acting really annoyed. And she goes, oh, God. <laughs> like, rolling mm-hmm. her eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, really sarcastically. But then they say, Anne, we're taking you into custody. And then she says, oh, God. Like, her, oh, God, changes completely. She flips the freak out. I've never seen anything like this on Dateline. I was like, oh, my God. I've never seen a scene like that. And then it made me respect all the other people on Datelines, all the other criminals, we've never given them props for Who the don't dignified do this. way yeah. they were arrested. Oh, my god! They gosh. just took it like a champ and put their hands behind their backs and they just did it silently. And, sh- and I never gave – so good for you guys, all you old murderers that we've dissed. Good for <laughs> you. So she's – first, she drops to her knees. It's like she's hiding yeah. behind the chair. She's hiding. She's like, hi- like don't you take me. You can't see me. You'll never take me, you coppers. Can't like, see yeah, me. If I can't it's see you, insane. you can't see me. It's so weird. And then she starts crying. Don't You don't have to take me in. I'll give you my passport. I'll give you – so I can't go anywhere. You can release me into someone's custody. I'm not going to – I've never been in trouble before. I didn't – so – Every so many good things happened that night. It was only good things that happened that night. I wow. didn't I didn't know I needed an attorney. And at this yeah. point, the cop goes, "I should remind you that you're not supposed to be talking. Like you shouldn't say anything right now." Yeah. Um and then she says, "Don't do this. Please don't leave me." It's crazy how dramatic she is during this. It's unbelievable. Because the whole rest of the time, her husband's been... Well, she was pretty dramatic on the 911 call. She was crying a lot on the 911 call. But in the rest of the interrogations, she's been very chill. But I did not doubt the 911 call. When I heard it, it didn't sound suspicious to me at all. I have to say that. Yeah. The only thing that was a little weird was when they tried to get her to do CPR and she says, no, I don't want to or something. That was weird. Also, that... They didn't stay at the house. It it they, was weird that they ran all the way to a neighbor's house. But she would also take her son out. That's what that she said. Sense. That's what um they said on Twitter, which she told them she took the son because she didn't want him to see the body. Oh, I absolutely would have done that. Yeah. So I honestly believe she might be legitimately freaking out here because she legitimately did not think she was going to be arrested. Yes, I think she is. I think we are seeing an honest freak honest out. Freak out. And it's like, for herself. Right. Anything else she's done was for faking because of him. But she does not think she's going to get caught for this. Someone on Twitter said something very interesting. They said when someone kills someone, they often have the same grief reactions of the other people that didn't murder him. So how do they know that? Who said they, that? I don't remember. But I thought it was interesting because sometimes you do see crying and it's like they do are grieving for that person, even though they're the one that killed them. Weigh in. I'd like to know what people think. Psychology. Katie is doubtful. I am. Sorry. I just, yeah, that doesn't seem right to me, but okay, go ahead. So everyone is shocked. Noah is shocked. Poor Mark and Denise. 
I Dream of Jeannie. They're oh shocked. Yeah. Mark wants to protest like I did in the first week of Great British Bake Off. Yeah. He said I was taking the charge up the hill. Well, yeah, he says leading the like, charge up like, the hill. Like she did not do this. She also, did not do this. We if we don't have Mother of the Year on bingo cards, can we consider it? As Mother of the Year is something I've heard multiple times now. Oh, that someone is saying that someone mm-hmm. was Mother of mother the Year. Mother of the Year. Yeah. So that's it's a good sort one. of like upstanding citizen, but it's yeah. specifically for mothers. Yeah, yeah, that's I'd a good like one. That. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Noah's shocked that his mom's been arrested. Everyone's shocked. It turns out that Anne has completely framed poor Barbara, and Keith says the level of deviousness is hard to get your head around. Yeah. And as he says it, a wind blows through, and his glorious hair flows freely in the Montana wind. And then he says, the would-be diabolical, there's that word again, Keith. There we go. Don't you get me started. The would-be diabolical killer made mistakes. And oh my God, did she make mistakes. Yeah, this is really Some good. of them are like, I would never have thought of that. That's not that dumb of a mistake. And some mm-hmm. of them are like, have you never watched a Dateline in your entire, Do you have you heard of CSI? What yep. are you doing? So they go to Anne's work computer and the searches on her work computer are how to poison someone, how to murder someone. And she did not include four school essay- for spec no, she script, did not. the hang-up phone calls are traced to her work phone. The emails that were sent pretending to be crazy, Barbara, all came from the family computer. Wow. Yeah. She didn't even go to the library. She doesn't think she's going to get caught. She doesn't think they're going to go that in-depth into it. But then, if you're going to do this and frame it as this crazy stalker, well, I guess she, I think the way easier plan would have been to frame it as a suicide. 100%. I was just going to say I that. Mean, I was like, this would there. have been so much easier, especially His son because. Unfortunately, committed suicide six or seven years earlier only. But that's why I think she didn't. I think she didn't because it was like that was actual that was painful for her. Right. And so she's like, I can't. It's like somehow besmirching his his death. Oh, by the framing death. this as a suicide, right? So I think she had to do this. Felt like she had to do this elaborate, but no, it's not that. You know what it is? She got greedy and she wanted to take Barbara down too. She didn't just want to take Bill down; she wanted Barbara to go away for it. That's interesting. That was part of the revenge. Here's the other thing that I you just made me think of is we will get to it, but there is life insurance money, and I think a lot right. of times you don't get that if you commit suicide. So. That might have been why she didn't have him. I'm just thinking of that. That now. is a very good point. Yes. All of the letters were postmarked from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So, how did she do that? It's very easy, apparently. You send already stamped letters to a postmaster anywhere in the US. Dateline producer tells us this on Twitter. You can uh-huh. send it to anywhere in the US, and the postmaster there will just stamp them with the postmark from that city and put them in the mail. You put them in a larger envelope, pre-stamped. This is, okay, that's what happened. Okay, so, so this she wrote was really letters, confusing. stamped them. So and they're then in an envelope. A big envelope. Right. And you can okay. say to postmaster, or you just address it to that post office. Then they will put their postmark on it and put it in their mail. Why are they doing that? Why would it, anyone do that for any reason other than It does than this? seem shady. 
it does seem like you're obviously yeah. trying to pretend you were somewhere that you're not, but that's apparently very common practice. Not common, but I guess it's easy to do. And any postmaster will do it, they like say. Like if you're collecting posts that could be postmarks and you're having them send it right back to you maybe maybe uh, okay that's, that's a I really like dumb hobby to collect postmarks happens yeah okay yeah that's weird but i did think very sneaky sis that was pretty impressive really so that's impressive yeah i was like mm-hmm. props to her for that a big downer for the mm-hmm. the calling from the work phone and the searches on the work computer and the home computer sending it mm-hmm her fingerprints are all over the envelopes and the letters, like the invitations that went to other people. Her fingerprints are on them. Get out your rubber gloves, lady. You had the gloves. You already had gloves. What are gloves. we doing? Anne had apparently stolen the gun, but she had no experience with the gun. So then they find this note by in her bedside table mm-hmm. that... Anne tells them is instructions on how to use the washing machine because everyone writes notes for themselves on how to use their own washing machine that is not a new washing machine. It wasn't a new one? I don't think so. Okay, that's Um, weird. But the police are pretty smart here and they figure out it's actually coded instructions on how to use the gun. So it says no red, which I guess the safety won't, sh- like it won't, you won't see red if the safety's on. Mm-hmm. Load, close. So you load the gun. Push to close. Then it says red, which means you'll see a little red thing when the safety's off. And then pull back. It would be easy to look at the washing machine and see is there a place where you pull back. I guess usually you have to turn the timer knob and then sometimes you pop it out a little, you know? Why would you need to write that down? Yeah, couldn't you just remember that? That was too hard to remember. It's not also, that many instructions. Why was it on a sheet of paper that said above it? Uh, it was like a checklist, and it, was it like said a to-do make, list. make bed. Yeah, and there was a little box and a check mark in it. Well, why sometimes you- people bullet journal, Katie, and they include things like very basic tasks because it gives them a sense of accomplishment. Like I made my bed, and when I say some people, I mean me. Okay, I was wondering why you were talking to me so condescending. Okay, you bullet journal. I have bullet journaled. I have also made to-do lists that included things like brush teeth. I am not talking about me. This is, I'm not on trial here. <laughs> You're not. Go ahead. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So they think that Anne tried a practice round with the gun. Because inside the box of bullets... 
mm-hmm. in the house, there's a few missing rounds in like an otherwise new box of bullets. Mm-hmm. And here's where she gets really dumb too. There's a tiny little flower that is found inside the box with the bullets. And it matches a strange looking plant outside of their door. They look, the cops look under the plant and they find a spent shell underneath it. Was it her fingerprints on the spent shell? Uh, they don't tell us that. Because that's the only reason we would that would be any evidence in this. Because that's anyone in the family could have done this. That's like, a great point. But here, well, this gives us a tiny bit more, but you're right. It doesn't totally prove anything. The botanist, they send to a science botanist. Yeah. They send it to science, a forensic botanist. Mm-hmm. And they figure out that that plant bloomed about 10 days before the death, which is when the gun went missing. So it appears... That's important. It is, but again, you're right. It could have been Matthew or it could have been Noah. Yeah. Although Noah was definitely at school at the time of the murder. But he came home a couple weeks before. Right. He could have taken the gun and then shot it right outside the front door. Yeah, the shot it at The thing is, they have acres and acres to practice on. Why no, is I'm she saying, just what stepping if right a... outside the door? You know? Yeah, that... That, well, at know. least a few hundred yards away from the house. Then they'll never find that shell. Yeah. Also, so we're thinking really good things about the cops at this point, like that they're catching all this. This is when I want to get just a tiny bit of shade, but it's not really. They just got some really good luck. But okay. um, Dateline producer gave us some tips. One lady who is a detective was eight months pregnant at the scene of the crime. She needs a chair to sit down. I don't know how they do it. Anyways, she needed a chair, as you do. She pulls over a chair right by a hamper. And as she sits in the chair, she's like, what's in that hamper? That's when she looks in the hamper and finds the holster. They were not planning to actually look in the hamper. They just got lucky by having this poor pregnant lady with her swollen feet who's working 20 hours on the job and needed to sit wow. down yeah so here's wow. here's number two which is my favorite but they is, were gonna look in the hamper i don't know here's huh. number two cop is there outside the scene of the crime outside mm-hmm. i guess in montana if you're a cop you can just bring your dog who is not a police dog to the crime scene with you oh because it's a really small town Okay. Cop is eating a sandwich outside the house. Because I guess outside the house wasn't the crime scene. <laughs> Can't contaminate outside hey, right. the house. Sure. with your Sure, it's fine. Um, the dog jumps up to get the sandwich. Sandwich falls on the ground. <gasps> no, he doesn't. And he finds the shell casing. The cop bends down to get the sandwich. Oh, Finds my the shell Lord. casing. Okay, this makes more sense why you're kind of like, eh, yeah. Okay, I told you there a- were two tweets that made me go, wow, we were giving them way too much credit. They just got really incredibly lucky. That's incredibly lucky. Yeah. Now, again, I don't know if maybe they would have found it anyways. Maybe he was eating the sandwich near the plants because he was trying to find a flower that matched. I don't know. It seems incredibly lucky. But really, I think it was just he was trying to eat away from the crime scene. And that's where the thing was. I know. But a good doggy, hero doggy. Good dog. Good canine. So 
then there was the half a million in life insurance. Yeah. So the cops think it was all greed and anger about the affair with Barb. Both of those things. They actually were in tremendous financial problems. They actually only had like $30 in their checking account. Really? It was really bad. Noah said he had no idea. This is another Dateline producer on Twitter thing. He oh, said, my goodness. Noah had thought they were fi- okay financially, but it was way worse than he thought it was. Oof. Yeah. Now, some people on Twitter said they thought maybe it had more to do with the son killing himself, that she was still broken up from that and she kind of snapped. Or maybe she blamed Bill for the son committing suicide. Yeah, Maybe I definitely think that's part of it. Matthew said that he didn't feel a lot of love from his dad. Maybe she thought, I don't know, that the older Ben didn't feel a lot of love, and that's why I, I don't know. So we don't really I think know. Probably her he's motives. not a, mo- a very affectionate person. So the fact that he would have an affair and show affection mm. to this other woman, maybe that was just the straw. That makes sense. And the money. <laughs> I'm sure the money didn't hurt. So Yeah, maybe, yeah. This seems more revenge motivated to me. Sorry. I'm sure it's the money too. Revenge but to for me, the affair. Like, yes. This seems like vengeful woman. So finally, Noah is going to read what's in the box. No, I'm just kidding. We got to continue no. on with the no. no. Sorry. No. So first the trial. The yes. friend, Mark, now thinks she did it. Good for you, yeah. Mark. I've Good seen Mark. a lot of family members and People. friends in denial. You und- Good for you. Yeah. No wonder you scored I Dream of Jeannie. Mm-hmm. The defense attorney. Oh, my God. Okay. This is, I have a whole page on him. We haven't had somebody like him in a, I don't know if we've ever had someone like, what's his name? Sheehy. Ed Sheehy. Yes. Ed Sheehy, who, Dateline Twitter tells us, comes from a very famous Montana law family. His uncle is like, this on the Montana Supreme Court as a judge. They must be really proud of him. Now, before you get send your letters, we understand that it's a defense attorney's job to defend a client, even if it's so obvious that they're guilty. Um, I, I'm not talking about that. He doesn't do that. a good job, though. No, his, I don't know how he is in the courtroom. And I'm sure just his name is impressive in the courtroom, because if he does come it, from that, yes. that makes sense. But his interview on Dateline is the thing that is the reason we do this podcast. Is it's kind for of like, sure the reason that I put slimy defense attorney on the bingo cards. Really? I don't even think it's slimy. It's he's just like, dumb. His character, the way he is. He's is doofus. Like, there was one g- defense attorney who said that the reason the victim had a bunch of stab wounds that like cut to the bone was because when their body had been uh, exhumed, yes, the bulldozer had maybe crushed in the lid of the coffin yes. and damaged the bones, and it wasn't the injury from when she was murdered. Yes. That is rival. That's actually a theory, though. Yeah. This guy says somebody else came in and did it. Wasn't her, was somebody. There is also a shade moment that happens right before we meet Ed Sheehy. Oh. Keith gives us, a, like, I don't think, I don't know if they did it on purpose, but like right before we cut to commercial, we get 
And my, 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 what did Anne's defense attorney have to say to that? Not much. And then it's like you get these clips of Ed Sheehy. Yeah. And you're like, what? Who is that? <laughs> He's kind of, I don't want to say he looks bedraggled, but like, it, there's something He looks like a professor his, at a yes. lower tier university who has been wanting to retire for 50 or, years. He's taken to the drinking I feel and like he looks like a, a professor maybe at a good university, written many books, and is very smart. And so, but just doesn't really care about, like, the upkeep and the, of, the yeah. shave and the... He's, and he keeps grinning. It's, uh, I, oh like, my god, with gosh. his teeth, like, he thinks he's out doing a little charming, look at my little bunny rabbit smile. And normally I love a little bunny rabbit smile with the front two teeth. I love that. This is not cute. And I feel like there's some sort of familiarity that he's got. He's too comfortable in this interview with Keith Morrison. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, uh, what's happening? Someone said he was like the Johnny Cochran of Montana. I don't know. Like He, he thinks can't be. He can't. Yes, he had some really successful cases, and that's why he doesn't even seem to care. Or He must. That's it. But that's shocking to me because I thought no he research. was a – He does no idea. He doesn't want to share his theories. Keith keeps pressing him. He oh my says, goodness. He says she didn't even know about the life insurance. And Keith yep. goes, even though she seems to have signed it, right. and it shows her signature. And then she didn't know about the invitations, but her DNA is on them. And how else would her DNA get, get on there? And he says, who could know? <laughs> Someone else used her computer. There's lots of stuff you can't explain. Oh, yeah. Um, well, why? Oh, that's the best one. Yeah, the murder of the Google murder searches. And he said, in a sing song, other people had access. (laughs) Like, over, like that, that's not an exaggeration of how he says it. He says it like this. (laughs) Like, you know better. Yep. Sir, you're on a Dateline episode. Then he does the, well, she's smart. She would have dumped the gun. If it was her, why would she not dump the gun? Which I totally agree. She had that whole day on errands where she could have put it in a trash bin anywhere. I wrote that down. That's very, this is why I don't like, the case doesn't tie up in the neatest bow for me for a few reasons. That's a big one. All she would have had to do is throw out the bag at the Denny's. Yeah. Or whatever. That's all she had to do was figure out a way to get it out of the house, which she had a perfect chance to. Unless she thought the cops were so dumb, they're not going to look in his motorcycle. I think that she thought she had framed her so well, but she just hadn't. It's not good enough. It's, oh, it wasn't like. Then he says the towel that the gun was wrapped in. Yeah, that was doesn't weird. Doesn't match any of the towels in the house. But if you look at like their bed sheets and their mm-hmm. comforters, nothing mm-hmm. matches. I that's my OMG moment that your towels are supposed to match. That's like <gasps> an adult thing that's supposed to happen. But here's the deal. Uh, that's one question on the stand to Matthew. Have you seen this towel before? One question. He's a dumb teenage boy. You think he's going to notice, like, a towel? But, I mean, did he say no? I don't know. Was he asked that question? I don't know. I don't think so. If you're basing this partially on a towel... Right. You can be undone by a 17-year-old who's like, yeah, I've used them. Yeah, I recognize it. he says, here's my theory. Mm -hmm. Here's kind of my theory. Mm. Bill committed suicide. Come on. Because he had these money troubles. And Keith is like, well... How did he commit suicide and then get rid of the gun? 
this is where he gets really specific. You know, he's thought deep and hard about this. Mm-hmm. He's written many papers on it. He mm-hmm. says, I have a theory. Someone moved it. Someone, That's not the her. theory. Moved it. Not and her. And then Keith's like, who? Who moved it? You've obviously spent a lot of time on this. Ed. And he says, I have ideas, but I don't want to say. You're a lawyer. It's literally your job to say if there's another person that moved the gun. That's your job. So who did you think that he's talking about at this point? Well, the prosecutor says he's obviously implying it was the sons. But I thought the prosecutor was about to say he's obviously implying that we moved it. I thought that he was trying to do a Stephen Avery. I was like, oh, you think the police framed Anne. That's what I th- where I thought it he was going It wouldn't even have been it. the police. The EMTs saw that there was no gun. Like, it could have... Right. Is this a town conspiracy? Yeah. She's, Which we've seen before, so I shouldn't sure. be so surprised. Right. But... The prosecutor took it as he's saying it was like Matthew that moved the gun. And he says that's yeah. disrespectful to do to the son. Because he's been through enough. But why didn't Anne say that she moved it? Here's the thing, that once you saw that the Barbara framing wasn't working out, why didn't you say, I have a confession, I moved the gun? It was upsetting, I didn't know what to do, so I threw the gun in a basket. Here's what I don't understand is the upsetting part, is that this is what, like, Keith says, okay, to the defense attorney, you're implying that someone came in, saw Bill dead, didn't to spare the feelings of Anne or whomever would find the body. Who had already been through a suicide. Who had already been through a suicide. Right. Hid the gun. You're not hiding the body. They're going to know he shot himself. Why does hiding the gun spare someone's feelings? And the attorney says, it happens. I've seen it happen. (laughs) What? And Keith is like, Keith says, I just, and he can't even finish it. He can't even finish his sentence because there's, there's just. I'm going I'm to say this. I have a feeling that when Keith goes in for an interview, he shakes the person's hand. And when they're done, he shakes their hand again. Yeah. I don't think he got an ex- exit handshake. <laughs> no I don't. exit handshake for you. He got a sir. welcome handshake, but mm-hmm. the exit was, all right. Mm-hmm. Is it lunchtime? Yeah. <laughs> and then it. Ed took a, two extra sandwiches home in his briefcase. Oh, yes, he did. You know he did. And then did. spilled mustard on his yellow shirt. <sighs> and was like, well, they're both yellow. <laughs> Sorry, I've, I'm not, I was not he, happy with him. His, it, I feel like he could have had better a better defense. Oh, he could have had so many better ideas. Oh, and we haven't even gotten to the best part. Yeah, no, we haven't. So he says the the police are wrong. The autopsy's wrong. He was st- still alive in the morning because there was coffee in his bloodstream. There was caffeine in his bloodstream. So that means, and he's not, he doesn't have coffee at night. So how do you know he doesn't have coffee at night? Correct. Also, I don't know. Maybe it was a small amount. Could it have still been there from er- like the day before? I don't know how that works. Probably not. The I caffeine don't know, the is an- weird. The caffeine's a little weird, but I feel like there's probably an answer for it that we're not thinking of. Uh, I Maybe think he had might- a ton of chocolate. Well, we're going to... Okay, so finish up what his... So, the big, like, coup de So he thinks he had... Theory. It was from in the morning. And the fact that he had steak and broccoli in his belly, maybe that's because he got up and ate the leftover steak and broccoli for breakfast. 
Now, Keith questions this, yeah. as you would, and says, steak and broccoli for breakfast is just weird. The thing that I just couldn't, I'll never forget it, and I'm, it's burned into my brain, is Ed Sheehy's response, which is, well, I think it's weird that my son has pizza for breakfast. <laughs> And la- like he's never I, heard of anything so wacky in his life. And I'm like, sir. I threw down my phone. I was yeah. like, I just came here to hear about murder. And I'm honestly feeling so attacked right now. We all eat pizza for breakfast sometimes. People have pizza for breakfast all the time. It's a Look, thing. And even the steak and broccoli isn't that weird. And if he you, says, I it, mean, it's not. A breakfast it's, burrito might have steak in it. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe? No, it, I myself, if, if I really like the dinner from the night before, I'll totally have it in the morning. It doesn't matter. If you don't want cereal, you don't have to only have breakfast foods. There's right. a very good chance that he could have gotten up and eaten it in the morning. There is a very good chance that the police's timeline is off. He was not killed the night before because honestly, I don't think that Anne is going to sleep in the room with a dead body all night. I don't. Well, and she said totally- she waited up for Matthew, so maybe she just stayed downstairs on the couch. But then is taking the chance that Matthew's going to go in his parents' room? That makes no sense to me that she's going to stay in the house with a dead body all night, not be weird the next day, and Matthew's not going to notice that she's weird the next day. I just I don't, thought there would be another... I think another, it happened in the morning. I think there would... I just thought there would be another way of knowing how long he had been dead, whether it's been 10 hours or whether it's been like 20 hours. That's a big difference. It's a big I would difference. Think, but apparently like, what about rigor and stuff like that? Do we have any like Well, I guess it would be completely rigor regardless cuz she had been shopping all oh, day, but yeah. I thought there would be a way to tell, but maybe I'm not I'm wrong that you can't tell the difference between 8 hours or 16 hours or whatever. But if you don't know a lot about murder, you probably do have even even if you don't know a lot, you probably have some idea about time of death. I don't think that she is going to do it the night and before lie that big. and lie that big. I yeah. think she did it in the morning. And what I think probably happened is there must be some way that she silenced the gun. I'm Is a pillow missing from the bed? No, I don't think so. But I don't know. If, if she leaves Matthew in the car and he's got headphones on, he's got right. the stereo playing, he's got anything well, going on. Well, you know on. what we have exactly... I hate to keep bringing up Patreon, is Heath Bar Farm. That's right. the exact scenario of Heath exactly. Bar Farm. Mm-hmm. So we don't really know. It's a great... Just saying. It's interesting. Like, I, I'd I love to hear like people's it, theories on this. I think they got the timeline wrong. I think they did... Oh, well, the, they though, actually... I hate to do this, but a lot of people are still quite suspicious of Matthew, that somehow he was also... They were both involved in it. Like, he helped her cover it up. And he, or he knew what his mom was planning to do. Some people thought he maybe did it and she was covering for him. But I don't think that her fingerprints on, like, the envelopes and stuff, she definitely did the stalking. The fake stalking. So that he was all He did seem her. mad. He so, did seem mad in the interview. I, I see where people are saying that. I did not think of that at all. But, like, you I, know, we've seen psycho moms who are able to brainwash their kids into mm-hmm. thinking horrible things about the other parent and going along with things. I've seen it on Datelines before. This is wild speculation, but... 
That's interesting. Okay, I'm going to think about that a little more. I honestly did not, that didn't occur to me at all. Even if she was like, you're just, you don't have to do anything. I'm going to do it all, but you're going to hear the gun, you know, and then we're going to go shopping. Yeah, it's weird. Also, those voicemails seem very real. She's very good. I have to say the voicemails were exactly what I would assume they would be like, you need to call me right now. She sounded even a little annoyed in the Mm -hmm. one about Costco because he hadn't gotten back to her. Also, she must have changed her handwriting on that invitation when she wrote to Matthew and Noah, I hope you can come. Oh, that's a really good point. Okay, let's keep going because we, I mean, we're so long on Okay, this. so the verdict is, send us your theories. The verdict is guilty. The mm-hmm. judge says to the boys, you can say goodbye to your mom now. They hug your their mom. She says they love them. Noah takes the stand on his mom's behalf. In the sentencing. In the sentencing. And Noah, who I'm still rooting for, he says that she should get out eventually. It's like nuts. She doesn't deserve to be behind bars the rest of her life. She speaks at her sentencing and says that she speaks not for herself, but as the widow of Bill and how they're all mourning him for how wonderful he was. And she's crying. And Keith says, it was bizarre. And the judge is like, nope, lady, I speak for all men with epic mustaches like Bill did. And on behalf of me and my mustache, I sentence you to life in prison. Because, you know, the fellow mustachers, they stick together. Sure do. The son, Matt, is now in the military. He still visits his mom. And so does Noah. Here's a big twisteroo. Noah goes to law school. And... In class, his dad's case is used in a class on evidence. Wow. On evidence gathering. I feel like you'd be able to be excused. Uh, you, I mean, that's crazy. I'd like to be excused yeah. <laughs> from this. And wow. now he is his mom's de facto attorney. Wow. Yeah. I was surprised. Shocked. Because I'm assuming he seemed so rational and so – I was so on Team Noah the whole episode. I assumed Mm -hmm. that he would felt like she was guilty now. And he was just saying, like, she should get out of prison because he's her mom – like, that's his mom and stuff. And I assumed he was just being her lawyer out of maybe, like, just family guilt. But he wasn't, like, actively trying to free her. He was like, no, I accept that she did it and she needs to serve her punishment. But she still deserves representation. But he's – actually believes his mom didn't do it. So this is when we finally get to the box. What's in the box? The box, I think they kind of made it clear all along, but I thought it was going to be something else. I feel like I just missed when they said what it was all along, that it was... Uh, No, no, they say it a little bit earlier than the big reveal. They say it a few minutes later that it's a box of files. It's a box of files. There is no, like, mysterious glowing orb in the box. There is nothing fancy in the box. There's not, like, DNA that's going to exonerate her in the box. It's the files on the case because he was not allowed to sit in on the trial because he was a witness. Mm -hmm. So he hasn't heard a lot of these cold, hard facts and evidence against him. So Dateline, it's now been all these years, he's carried the box with him, but he's never read it. So Dateline asks him, to open the box and read the file and then talk to them. 
and he feels... Is that what happened? Yes. That's Dateline producer explained it more clearly. That he oh has my had goodness. this box. So he's never opened Never looked the box. at this box. He's moved with it from apartment to apartment. He has literally never wanted to read it because he believes she's my mom. She didn't do this. She told me she didn't do it. I believe her. And it's weird because a lawyer, I would hope, would be a little more curious about, like, the facts and the truth of the matter and not just go on feeling or take someone's word at it. Wouldn't you think a lawyer would be a little more like, I need to know the actual facts before I make up my mind. But he's never wanted to. I'm not judging him. This is his mom and his dad. Like, it's probably, I can't imagine the mind games that plays with you but he's never wanted to open it dateline asked him to do it as basically a favor for them will you read the file and then get back to us like we want to interview you after you read it too he reads everything and dun 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 omg it changes nothing for him he's read it all he still believes her keith says do you have this despair at knowing that your mom killed your dad and she's he's like no i take her at her word that she didn't do it that she didn't do it exactly he still fully believes that she didn't do it and they're kind of dancing around the issue this is why we're having this discussion about it but i think that that's where we're landed on that he doesn't think that she did it no he definitely doesn't think she did it I don't think, I think it was not unclear at all. I thought I it, was it was a very unclear because I was like, is that what he's saying? No, he thinks she didn't do it. Yeah, after reading the files. After reading the files, he thinks she didn't do it. And that was such a mind twister to me because right from the first jump, I was like, he's our advocate. Like, he, or he's our, um, like our, you know, like a narrator in a show and he like speaks for the audience or whatever. You're going along the journey with them. And right, exactly. that's how it was presented. Mm-hmm. And so we're on his side the whole time as he's learning about stuff. And then like, to f- I felt a little betrayed. You did? I did. I felt a little betrayed that he was, uh, sadly, I do think another family member in denial because the truth yeah. is just too painful. But yeah. to come from a lawyer and to come from someone I was rooting for, Noah, we were all rooting for you for two hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were at your running meets and we were there cheering you on. I made a sign that said, run, Noah, run. And I used glitter and puffy paint. <laughs> and now you don't think he did it. And then they cut to him running, probably to escape the horrors of the box, which I think Keith might say to escape the horrors of the box. Oh, no, I think it was shade. I think it was was that shade, that last shot. The running? Running like he's from the truth. Running from the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that this? So that was that shade. And then I felt like when they cut to Lester and Lester's looking at the screen on the corner, he does this brilliant nod that's like a with his eyebrows raised just so really? slightly and that I've not seen before. Like he usually has some sort of reaction like, wow, that was a story. But this mm-hmm. was like a slight like, wow, that's denial. You know, oh. that's or that's how I read it. It's so small and I probably oh. am making it up. But to me, I thought that was a was that shade too. Was That's Lester. interesting. Yeah. I did not see that. Okay, yeah. very curious. Yeah. Very curious. Most importantly, the real OMG moment is that this box absolutely meant nothing. It was the yeah. big plot device through the whole episode. And it turned out meaning nothing. It changed nothing. But 
But it does mean something because it's, I feel like it's much more interesting knowing that 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 he had never opened it before right like i thought they were doing it for dramatic effect but it wasn't dramatic effect at all he actually has never opened it that's unbelievable to me yeah that's crazy but i thought it was brilliant the way dateline came up with this as an like they they're like we need an arc we need a story we need a title and mm-hmm. all, all the B-roll is just him walking with the box, him taking the lid off the box. It just, it, through the whole episode, this metaphor of this box and yeah. what it represents. And then it was kind of a little like um, Geraldo Rivera with the um, the tomb of Jimmy Hoffa's body. That <laughs> it's just the files. But don't you feel like it's more... It's more important than that because he's never looked at them. He's never read the case files. But I also don't understand how he's never looked at the files if he's the attorney. That well, makes both of that's us weird. Yeah, that's a really yeah. good point. I was thinking you more meant like because both of us are so curious that we would totally want to look. Oh, are you kidding? I, that box would have lasted until the popcorn was ready out of the microwave. Mike, I can't really. I text you to be like. Do you know how hard it is for me when I get you a present? Not to tell you what it is every time. I think I've told you your present every, every year. T- every time I get you, go, you a present. I just got you this present. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I just got you a present. No, but every you time. I can't it handle it. Just go, I, I can't. just got you something. I just have to tell you that I got you something. It's yeah. so stupid. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Oh boy. Um. So before we move on to segments, I know this is going to be a huge, long episode. Sorry, guys. It's a really long episode. But I'll it try goes to out it to one of our most loyal Patronuses, Mary M., who's been a Patronus for almost a year, more than a year, way more than a year. Thank you. She doesn't even need a shout out. She feels like she hasn't done really anything. That's not true. She's done Thank a lot. Thank you for being She's, you, Mary M. She has also sent me, us some cartoons in the mail, postmarked from the appropriate place where she lives, because she's not a psycho. That's great. And, um, like, wh- they're funny ones. They're very dark. I like it. She has a dark sense of humor. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Love, love, love. Um, and she's a scientific editor. I don't really know what that means. And a painter. Ooh. And she's having a showing of her paintings at Michigan State University next summer. Ooh. I know. Road trip. She also has a cat named Brutus who's been catching mice in the house. I want to die. Oh, boy. But Brutus, that's, that's a good, really, though, really cute then the- She says, and leaving their bloody corpses in my bedroom. <laughs> Yeah, that's rough because it's a trophy and he's proud of himself and he wants his mom to be proud of him. Yeah, I get that. My cats uh, do that with rubber bands. And I'm like, it's a rubber they're band. So and they're proud. like, ow, ow, ow. Yeah, I acknowledge that the rubber band has been conquered. You did it. But a mouse is an actual conquering. So. I know because our golden retriever did it with my pet hamster in front of an entire work party of my dad's colleagues at our house. Woo. Yeah. Ouch. But we love you, Mary. You don't traumatize us. You make us really, no. really happy. So thank you, Mary. Seriously, your loyalty does not go unappreciated. And to all thank of our you. patronuses, we could not do this without you. We couldn't do these supersize no. episodes for everyone else without you guys. So it's yeah. thank you to everyone who's listening. Patronus or nay. Nay patronus. Correct. Nay? Non. Nay patronus. Nay. nay. Patron- what is I. it? It sounds very dramatic. Mary yeah. I. Others nay. I patron. I was going to try to do it in an Irish accent and I lost it. I patronus. Oi patronus. No, oh, that can't. was not bad. It sounded like a beer commercial. It sounded weird. Okay. Um, You're being kind. <laughs> we also have an amazing promo from our friend Jamie at Murderish. Everyone check Ooh. her out. She's so nice and really fun. She was at CrimeCon. She's really good friends with Mank. Like, they mm-hmm. hang out and stuff. I'm not jealous 
at all. Hi, I'm Jamie, host of Murderish, a true crime podcast that provides a 3D look at gripping murder cases from beginning to end. You'll get to know the victims and perpetrators, how their worlds collided, and what went down during trial. I also share some of my own personal experiences, like the time a stranger came into my bedroom at night. Yeah, that really happened. And I walk you through all the details of that terrifying night. Have you ever wanted to be a fly on the wall during a murder trial? You'll get that opportunity on Murderish, as I share my experience being a jury foreman on a first-degree murder trial. Search Murderish in your favorite podcatcher app, hit subscribe, and start binging. And remember, listening to this podcast doesn't make you a murderer. It just means you're murder-ish. Everyone, yeah, check them out, guys. Yeah, not jealous at all that she hangs out with Mink. It's totally cool. No, no, we're going to form our own relationship with Mink. So let's power through these segments, shall we? Oh, we have to go so fast. B-roll. Um, it's go. all B-roll is just all the box, basically, right? The dang right? box, yeah. I wrote the dang box. Uh, He's sitting in front of it like it's a... I don't even know, like, the most complicated puzzle he's ever seen, but it's just a banker's box that he just has to open the lid. Was it just a banker's box? I think so. Or Yeah. No, I think it was an actual brown box. Was it just, like, a brown banker's box? I think maybe I, I got it wrong. I thought it was, like, a brown... I saw a brown box. I'll, I'll check it out. I'll, that I'll... could have been in, in my dreams. So while you're checking that out, can I talk really quick about the jury seats that looked so comfortable and then i realized that probably they always look like that but my chair has just gotten bad my like shoulders have been really bad lately because i've been editing a lot don't you think a comfortable jury seat is bad because then they'll fall asleep i don't know but did you see how cushy they were they had like little arms they were like all cushy black leather with the back that's nice they look they look nice well they deserve it for having to put up with that defense attorney. Yeah, it's like a banker's type. I bet he was entertaining to watch, though. I think the worst kind of trial would be a boring one. I bet he was all over the map. I'm sure he's good on the... He's very animated. I'm sure he's interesting to watch. I just don't think his theories weren't good. I don't think he spent put the time in. It was somebody, Katie. I don't want to say who. So, uh, do you have any titles? Yeah, sure do. I have like 16. Oh, good. Um, I only have one, and it's going to suck. Should I do it first? Oh. Go. What's your title? Brocca Guilty. Yeah. It's not very Instead good. of Broccolini? Just instead of Broccoli. Brocca Guilty. Oh. It doesn't it doesn't really work or make sense. It's a copy paper box, PS. It's like a box oh, there we go. that would hold copy paper from Office Depot. So like a banker's box. Yeah. Just with no handles. It correct. Okay. Hmm. It might have handles. I'm not sure. I'm not looking that closely. Um, but what about just calling it broccoli for breakfast? Just very simple and clean. I like it. I really think broccoli should have been in the title. Yeah, it would have been good. I don't have... That's the only one I've got with broccoli in the title. Bro- I have... Broccoli saved... Uh, solved the case. Oh, I have some serious ones. Because I felt like we could have gone a couple... I mean, the box, obviously, was fine because of the, how much they played it up but i thought it, this would have worked a woman scorned would have worked for this one but they didn't want to give it away too early so they may not have used that i also had the long game because this was a the really this, over over two years yeah. she like set up barbara tried to plan this murder i have double crossed at the double tree uh dirty deeds at the double tree i got real excited because there was a double tree when they 
got together, Barbara and Bill. Better than the Red Roof Inn. Yeah. Yeah, it's fancy. Um, I have Freak of Anne. Yeah. <laughs> and Anne Unbearable Story. Oh. But it's Anne. A-N-N. I got it, Bet. I got it. Oh, you have what? Well, what? Pandoran's Box. Yeah. I think you can just do Pan Pandora's Box. And Pandora Barbara's Box. No, Pandora's Pan Box. And or Barbara's Box. Why is it Barbara's Box? Oh, because we you don't, don't know. want them to know. Pan yeah. or Barbara's Box. What if they just put an extra A in the Pandora and like just like you thought it was a typo, oh. but it wasn't because then it was actually Ant. That would be That's cool. cheeky. I like that. Twitter, Twitter. Twitter, Twitter. Um, let's see. Oh. I'm all a Twitter. Jeff Modzaluski, who I can never pronounce your last name. So sorry. Um, yeah. On a side note, I wonder if people actually showed up for that barbecue. Oh, man. <laughs> there was an address Yeah, where listed. was it? Was it at a park or was it at their house? It was had an, a street address. Do parks have oh, street addresses? But this was like a house that like they were supposedly buying together. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay, that's crazy. Did someone okay. show up? Like, hey, we're here. Really, we have a present for engagement present. Do you think Keith really wanted to call this diabolical? Because this is a diabolical plot. Yep. Like more. This is years long. But you know what? Dennis got there first. Dennis got there first. words. Okay. Oh, wait, the person who was pregnant at the crime scene was a civilian investigator. I don't know What's if that's What's a civilian important. investigator and can I become I one? I guess that maybe it's only in small towns or maybe it's not. Maybe you I'm could be to one. A small town. Maybe you could be. You know who else would want to be though is Jill, your nemesis. We could do it together. Team. Maybe we could be we could form a friendship. Rizzoli and Isles, Katie and Jill. Okay. So the dog picked up the sandwich. Or the dog tried to bite for the sandwich. The sandwich fell on the ground right beneath the tree, and the detective bends down, and the shell casing is there. And Ski Joey said, did he eat the sandwich? And <laughs> Trina Bueller said, five-second rule. Uh. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. Because you got to. That is a crime-worthy sandwich now. Dateline yeah. producer. This was a good one. Like, this producer was so on top of it with Twitter. Really good stories. Noah said that his mom told him she was offered a plea deal. Plea guilty and be free in only eight years. She told Noah this. She said she refused because she wasn't guilty. She wasn't going to say she was guilty. The prosecutor says no such deal was ever discussed. I think probably what the prosecutor said was, you can be free in as soon as eight years. I think he probably picked his words very carefully. You don't think she was you... just lying to Noah to sound more innocent? No, no, I don't. I think he probably said it. He's probably trying to get her to plead so they don't have to spend the money to take her through trial. Maybe. I think it's they more likely want you she's to plead. a liar and manipulating. No, I'm sure he tried to get her to plead. I think she's using for it for her advantage. Years. No, but I think he said, and you could be free in, I don't know, as soon as eight years. Shady McShady. And she heard what she wanted to hear. Um, Dana, but that's funny. Okay. Dana San 88 said, a visit to Walmart proves a suspect's innocence? That's a dateline first. And the Brad Milner yeah. said, the only time you'd want to be on peopleofwalmart.com. There we go. Which, if I've not talked about it, it's the best website. You have many times. Go yes. to it. Um. Mickey Martini said, the hell with Walmart. If I need a real alibi, I'm going to get a CVS receipt. 
because they're five oh, miles so long. long. Yeah, and you could maybe get $3 off your next visit, which I really want to use sometime. I'm just, I never the go right is, back. Is, if I've already been, why am I going back again? I get just as many of the $5 on your next $40 purchase, which I don't go in thinking well, I'm going to spend $40, spend- but occasionally I might by accident, but I don't think oh, I'm going good. to. But that's good. Then you get $5 off. But I didn't remember to bring the What coupon. are you spending $40? What are you buying? Neutrogena? I don't know. Don't buy name brand. It's very rare. I'm saying it's extremely rare. Okay. Once a year, if I've ever spent more than that. Because normally I just get a couple sodas with my like $5 off right. or whatever. Um, I Heart Goat says, when defense attorneys are left with, well, there could have been a Bigfoot, you know you're done. <laughs> it's a squatch. That's a squatch. <laughs> um, Men- Memfin said, Meffin says, Welp, I guess Bill got his revenge when Anne got that defense attorney. Wow. See? Yep. Yep. He's just a little batty. He's like a little wild. Mm-hmm. Sherry Rush says, Steamed broccoli. Why all the details, Anne? And Brad, this is before we find out. Brad Milner there said, we go. Yeah. It'll be like the showering after a perm moment from Legally Blonde. I don't, I don't remember. I've only seen Legally Blonde like once many years ago. Okay, other people what will get that. Well, tell I'm me. I'm not going to explain happens? the whole thing to you. Showering after a burn. Her hair looks better? No, it ha- It solves the murder. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and really, this has nothing to do with this episode, but mm-hmm. Natalie Bannon asked, after much deep discussion, what was this type of soda that Pam purchased repeatedly and used her loyalty card because you have to save you get a few dollars off with each one whatever it was um who pam, pam who's pam uh the thing about pam you know right. she used her loyalty card because you sure get did. a free one after so many as keith nicely said oh right and Absolutely. natalie asked and they did some digging and they found the producer that could answer the question can i guess can i yeah. guess is it, oh, is it a weird one? It's a little off the beaten path. It's not what I thought it was going to be. It is a soda, though. Yes. Is it Cactus Cooler? No. Is that a soda? What is mm-hmm. that? It's a weird one. It tastes sort of, um, it's really good. It tastes sort of like grapefruit. Is it, um, a, is it a dark family or a light color family? Dark. Although Andy Copsa said Diet Mountain Dew. I said it. <laughs> yeah, Diet Mountain Dew is actually. I said it. That would be a good guess. Really funny. Um, <laughs> and uh, our friend Lindy said, "My money was on Diet Mountain Dew for sure." Oh yeah, is it root beer? No, it's not Dr Pepper. Is she a Dr Pepper? It's a variety. Oh, is it a diet? Is it the Diet Cherry Vanilla Dr Pepper? It's Diet Cherry Dr Pepper. I do like the Diet Cherry Dr Peppers. Do you like it? Don't you? I do. do you like that? I was kind of upset that I liked kind of the same soda. I like most sodas. I can't think of one that I would be upset about. Well, Mountain Dew, like, I don't ever drink. I've never gotten mm-hmm. into that. You know who's been drinking a lot of Mountain Dew? Oliver. Does he know it's banned in other countries, like in Europe? Well, he so doesn't bad. want to drink energy drinks, but he needs a caffeine drink. And I think that, but I think he also kind of has been liking the taste of it. It's very bizarre. He doesn't drink stuff like that. He drinks like stuff that I kind of, I don't want to say mock, but. Maybe a little bit because it's kind of fancy. It's not. I'm not LaCroix, judging because like, like Diet that. Coke is no better. Coke Zero, no better. Sprite Zero, no better. It's all bad. 
Okay. Okay. Um, so everyone, thank you, Sar, for bearing with us on this very long episode. Follow us online on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. I don't respond really on Facebook very often, like maybe once a week, if that. So just bear with me on that I because I don't like it. So f- it's better to reach me on the other platforms if you can. And th- consider becoming a Patreon because you help us do these monstrous over two-hour episodes that are crazy that Katie's probably going to shorten down to like an hour and a half because she'll cut out all my dumb stuff. Okay. I don't think I can on this one. So this is going to be a longy apologies. So don't watch alone. Watch with Barbara Eden, Barbara with the crazy eyes and a big plate of veggies because all three will help solve your murder. Barbara Eden, Barbara with crazy eyes and a big plate of broccoli. There you go. The big bees. Bees. Oh, Bill. And and Bill. Oh, my gosh. We hit boys. That's crazy. And the son's name was Ben. Oh. Oh, this is a lot. Okay. It's a lot of alliteration for how long we recorded. It's almost diabolical. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Bye, everybody.